Yeah. How are you doing? All right, mate. You? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Good, good. Welcome, man. Yeah, nice, nice to talk to you. You're my first guest. <laughs> <laughs> Honoured. Crazy, mate. Crazy. Do you know what? I just come up. Uh, do you know? It all came about when. Do you know the UFC commentator, Joe Rogan? Yep. I started watching his podcast and I thought, do you know what? That's a real good way to like raise awareness and all that, man. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But, yeah, I like I like Joe's stuff. Oh, listen, listen to him, listen to them a lot. He's, he's quality. But he is. The idea is to to get a, a computer with uh, some decent mics and then go from there. Maybe get a sponsor or something. But yep, this is good for now. It's all good, man. It'll do. What? So tell me about you, man. Like you did that massive bike ride thing, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So um, I started cycling four years ago because of my mental health. Mm. Um, I got encouraged to uh, do a bit of physical activity, uh, replace football, which I lost through injury. And um, yeah, 2017, I did Land's End to John O'Groats. 2018, I did Around Britain, um, anti-clockwise. Uh, 2019, I did Across Europe from Norway down to Spain. Jeez. And then, yeah, last, uh, this year I've done um, Around Britain again, uh, clockwise. And wow. yeah, completely started purely because of I needed something to sort of, sort of focus on. And Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. Definitely. So do you come up with the ideas or does someone else come up with them? Um, mostly me, but there's been like a bit of suggestion. Well, around Britain the first time was sort of half suggested yeah. and then I just took it to the extreme. Jesus Christ, that's a long way, man. Like, do you get sponsored or anything like that? Or yeah, I've got. I've had a few sponsors, um, particularly um, Signet Healthcare. Um, they're a, a mental health uh, service provider that runs through the NHS, and they sponsored me to do across Europe. Serious? Yeah, they. Um, yeah, they, they provided significant funds to allow um, me and my partner to drive up to Norway and drive. Well, we drove to the Czech Republic, so I had support, and we did a bit of a video um, blog. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Signet Mental, that uh, Signet Healthcare, they're 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 like my biggest sponsor so far. But yeah, there's a few um, that have helped and supported these yeah. silly, silly rides that I do. Wow, man, your stamina must be crazy. <laughs> I'm just. A, I don't know if it's stamina. I, I just think sometimes I just think I'm a. I'm a bit stubborn. A bit of an adrenaline junkie. Mm, no, I wouldn't say so. Uh, I, I don't particularly like cycling. Um, I just know it's good for me, so I, I keep on doing it. And it's it, it's more that that thing of I've, I've, I said I'm going to do it, so I will do it, and. I sort of try and keep that theme running through 
through my life is that if, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Do, do you ever, did you, when you were younger, did you ever get like, because I'm still like this now, like, did you ever have to really, you'd, say you'd think of an idea of whatever it was, and then you'll think like, oh, I'll start doing it tomorrow or the next day. And then you've really got to push yourself. Or have you always just think like, oh, I'm going to cycle around Britain. But I'm gonna no, no. When, when I was younger, I was, it, tomorrow would be fine. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Yeah. And th- there was never any real impetus or rush to, to do anything. I had no, I had no drive, no determination, no, no focus in life, mm, yeah. and it wasn't until I started cycling and I realised I was actually pretty good at it, and I knew that it helped my mental health. That it was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to raise money for charity, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and do it. Prior to four years ago, didn't give a shit. I'm like that man. That's big up to you, man. That's a lot, man. I'm, I'm sure I didn't know about Europe because I knew, obviously, with Fusion and that. I I spoke to John Fuse about you and like, like, uh, I didn't realize the 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 fucking brand Europe day, man. Like, that's crazy. Well. A lot of people say that, but across Europe, so going from Norway into Russia mm-hmm. and then down to the bottom of Spain is shorter than cycling around the entire coast of Britain. Is it? Yep. People don't realise how far how, how big the coast of Britain is. It's massive, man. Fuck. Yep. And it's really hilly. It's like stupidly hilly, where most of Europe is actually surprisingly flat. Wow. Yep. I've learned something new today, man. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> a, 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 around around Britain is nearly 5,000 miles. Um, and across Europe is like 4,000. Well, you can do it in 4,200. Jeez. I never, so, yeah. you know what, mate? I never knew that. Yeah, it looks a long way because it's straight line. But when you extend that coast of Britain into a straight line, it's a long, long way. So what's next? Um, well, I'm injured at the moment. Um, I I tried to cycle around Yorkshire last weekend, um, and I did 181 miles in 15 hours and hurt my knee and my calf. Um, but uh, this year I wanted, apart from COVID ruining it, mm. um, I, I wanted to cycle around the coast of America or the perimeter of America. <laughs> so that's... It's on the well. It's something that I'd like to do. Whether I do it, yeah. Whether I do it, I don't know. But yeah, that's something that I'd like to do. Wow, you got to do that, man. You've got to, because I'm not being funny, but you've done everything else. Well, in a certain (laughs) way, like you've done Britain, you've done Europe. Yeah, there's yeah America, Australia, Asia, Russia. There's there's a few places to do yet, but um, Africa obviously. But yeah, I think I'd like to do America. Where, where would oh, I don't suppose you know yet? But like, where would you like? Where where do you think you'd start off? If, if um, so, idea? in America, um, there's a place called um, 
New Hampshire, mm-hmm. just just above New York. I'd start there um, and do go go north, do the Canadian border first, um, and work my way way around the east coast, and then across Texas, and then back up the west. Mate, my jaws just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I don't know anyone else that does it, so I'm like, wow. There's me trying to think of things to do to raise awareness, like as in, I don't know, I've planned to jump out of a plane or whatever, but like, cycling that far. Yeah, America is 11,700 miles. So it's like, a, it's going to be like a three month journey, something like that, at the very minimum. So what would happen? Would you find like, like, say for example, for, for on on the first day, would you travel so far and then what? Like find find a hotel or something? Or well, if I'd have done it this year instead of going around Britain again, mm. um, I had um sponsors organised right where whereby I would have had like a, a Winnebago or a mobile home. Yeah, and so I'd cycle. You'd I'd have to cycle at like. 110 miles a day or some something around about that to to get done within the time that you're allowed to have a visa to do that type of thing in America and so yeah I'd organized sponsors and we'd got funding and um awareness things organized so it had been uh, yeah I'd start cycling whoever was with me supporting would drive 100, 110 miles, and they'd just meet me at the end. I'd sleep and I'd set off again the day after. Jesus, what I'm shocked. I didn't realize how <laughs> like you were into it, man. Because wow, so you've got like a little crew behind you. Uh, I've got, yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got a few people that support me and that um, encourage and support. Um, like this year, we raised just over. Seven and a half thousand pound for Congrats, man. Um, a few charities. That's quality. So yeah, there's there's a bit of support. How do you know John? I know John. Um, I met John through LinkedIn. Um, I'm uh, supported by a clothing, um, a mental health clothing uh, company called Steadfast, mm-hmm. and they've produced some clothing for me. And through Rob who runs Steadfast. I got introduced to John and um, his uh, Fusion Collective. Mm-hmm. And yeah I'm, part, yeah, I'm part of his committee. And yeah. yeah, completely fully support all the work that he's doing to to support he, mental health. He, he's amazing. He, he's, he's yeah. I, I ain't heard from him for a while. I've come off the movie for a bit. Like, I just, I, I, when you're going through it, I went through a bit of a bad time. Uh, so I was like, do you know what? Music's got to be put to the side for a bit. But like, I'm still in it, but I'm not. If that makes sense, I've still got to yeah. put my my. Uh, I've still got to structure some things. But um, I, I, do you know what? I couldn't. I couldn't talk highly enough about them. Like, he's amazing. You know I mean? Yeah, he's, he's, he's got. He's got a really good. He's got a really good project that's going. Yeah. Um needs a little bit of direction and focus, but absolutely love the the concept. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't know it, when it was. It was the other day, I think, when I read uh, a post about it's being put on hold or something. Yes. Yeah. But they'll bounce back, man. They'll bounce back. Yeah, they will. Yeah. Big time. I think John's got other things going on at the moment, and um, uh, yeah, when the time's right, mm. it'll be there again. Do you know what? It's, it, it, it's just it's it's typical of the pandemic, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, you you you've got so many plans. I had plans, you know, fusion had plans, and not to mention whoever else. And then boom, pandemic hits. Everyone yep. put on hold. And I mean, I don't know about you with your job or whatnot, but you know, with I mean, I've been out of work for two months now. So I mean, I'm still employed, but like I've done my back in the other week, so. I, I, since I've been off, I've actually seen how people are really affected by it because obviously I, I worked when the country was on actual lockdown. I was still working for it all, so I didn't really see much difference for me. No, because your routine was still yeah, the same. Yeah, my routine was get up at half four, be at work for you know twenty past five, and then crack on with my day. But now that I've been off for two months and all right, there's certain places that are locked down and are, who knows how it's going to go in the next few weeks, but I can see how it's really affected people now. Uh, it, it's scary, man. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, I run the It's Worth Talking About Pierce Paw groups um, in and around my local area. Mm-hmm. And the people that are attending, a lot of their... Like we call it mental health peer support groups, mm-hmm. but it's not really mental health. It's just life that's getting on top of people. Yeah. And it's being unemployed or not being at work and not having a routine or that strain on relationships mm-hmm. because people are at home too much now. They're, people are on top of each other all the time. I agree. And, and it's that sort of thing that's causing. Not mental health, but people are getting anxious and depressed and um, lonely from not having like that routine that they used to have. Uh, life isn't normal anymore. Right. It's not what that. It's not what they used to, and that's causing a lot of people a lot of problems. I agree. I, yeah, like, like you said, it's not just mental health, is it? It's it's. <sighs> I think the lockdowns put a lot of things into perspective, like yep. in life. Like, all right, let's be honest. The majority of us don't like to go to work. We don't like our job or whatever it is. I mean, don't get me wrong, our son that love their job, but a, a lot of people don't like their job. I mean, I, no, I, don't. I don't like my job. You know, I no. do, pay the bills and pay for my son and all that. But to me, and I've always said it, for me... I have to go to work because it's, it's it's routine, firstly, but also it's getting me out about, you know, and it's like when I used to do boxing, you know, as much as I used to hate getting punched in the face, there was a certain enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I, it's, part, it's well, it's part of the process, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you're going to hit somebody else in the face and you're going to accept that you're going to get hit back at certain points. Yeah. I don't, I don't like cycling uphill, but I love coming downhill. 
So you've got to go through that process, and that's what going to work's about. You need to go to work so you can pay your bills and so you can go out on a Friday, Saturday night if that's what you choose to do. Or so you can go to a restaurant or so you can go cycling or boxing or go to the football on a Sunday afternoon or whatever it is. It's just part of it. It's just part of the... Pro- I go out all the time, mate. <laughs> I can't deal with hangovers no more, man. <laughs> uh, I, I'm... Uh, I... You're going to be one of them lucky bastards, aren't you, that don't get a hangover? No, back in the day, I used to drink too much, um, and I it, I it was excessive. And now I'm just a lot more balanced now. What do you drink? Lager. All, only lager. Mate, I can't do it. I can't do now, it. It used to be lager, now it's cider. But um, yeah. did you ever get to a certain point where, like, you'd, you'd switch pubs or whatever, or switch bars, and you'd be like, "Fuck it, man, I fancy a Jagerbomb or something like that." Used to, used to. Mate, I was awful. Um, back in there, yeah, I, uh, it'd be yeah, Jagerbomb. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll have a whiskey with this one, but yeah. not anymore. Now, now I'm just, I'll have a pint of lager. And I'll, I might have another pint of lager, and I might have another pint of lager, but that's me. I know, I know what you know. Your limits now. I know what suits me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't drink wine. I can't drink cider. I don't do shots because <laughs> I tell I, you what, you. Are, I've been there. I've you, been there, done that, and got mate, messy I can't with do it. Wine. I, 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 uh, I got into wine last Christmas, and um, when when you know we, we just started this group up and that. And obviously, it was my 30th in March, right? And I was meant to have a apparently surprise fucking party. Obviously, the pandemic stops that, right? It pisses me. Yep. So I do a live on the group. And earlier on, I bought like two bottles of fucking wine. And, mate, I haven't touched wine since. I can't. No, no way. But, no. Oh, mate. Like, I don't know about you, but what was... What was a Sunday morning like for you after a night out back in the day? <laughs> it wasn't a Sunday morning. It wasn't a Sunday morning. It were a well, Sunday afternoon Sunday or afternoon, a wasn't it? Yeah, it it was it was yeah it was it just didn't exist. Awful. Um, and and if it did, I'd say pub opened at one o'clock Fuck after that. a Saturday night. I were back in it because just oh we'll just have Eric Dog um, and we'll. <laughs> We'll have yeah, a few. Yeah, we'll have yeah. a. We'll have a few. We'll have a few games of snooker, and we'll just we'll ride through Sunday, and we'll go back to work on Monday. Oh, mate, I can taste that hangover. Mate, yeah. oh, fuck. The amount yeah. of money. That that was oh. another thing though. Like you, you, I don't know. I don't know if you did it. You might have done. But say on a Saturday night, you know, I, I made the worst mistake of taking my bank card out, and I'd already got out. Say, say eighty quid. Yep. I'd go to my local with all the lads and that, you'd, you know, buy a, load, buy, buy a shitload of fucking beer. And then you'd look in your wallet and you'd see like a tenner and you'd think, well, that ain't going to be enough for the rest of the night, is it? So you'd go no. bank and you'd keep withdrawing. And that was the worst thing for me on a Sunday. Like you yep. were scared to look at your bank account. Yeah, and you'd only just been paid on Friday. Yeah. And you'd still got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to go through. Mate, I'm happy that I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 
Hey, I, I think there's a lot of us that have been I there do. and done yeah. that. I do. I mean, uh, mate, the 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 regrets, the regrets, man. But also, it, it was good. But it's like I don't know what it's like when I, like, around your area, but like especially, I don't remember the last time I went to town. I'm quite happy now having a few drinks in my house. But like, well, I actually went out about two weeks ago. And it, it didn't end well, let's just say that. But Oh, no, man. No, mate, I tell you. You know, when you just say to your mates, because I was meant to have a mate on, on here, and he was like, do you want to go for a drink? I was like, what about the podcast? And he goes, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that next week. I was like, all right, no worries. And this was like, I was like, well, what time do you want to go to town? And it was only meant to go to one fucking pub. And you know what it's like when you know, you've had one, yeah, it's never won. Yeah, never and, ever won. That's it. They're in different pub. Before I know it, it's fucking ten o'clock at night. And uh, yeah, so I forgot where I was going to go with this, but yeah, um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's the one. When I when I went like say I don't know, six six months ago, whatever. Say I went down to town, and I again, I don't know what it's like around your area, but a night out when I was eighteen to twenty three or whatever. You know, it was packed. And I mean, yep. the fucking night out was a night out. Now, yep. you'd go out on a bank holiday, and there's, you can move around. You can. You, yep, there might, you, there, might be, there might be 10 people out. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And you'd get all the. I mean, no disrespect to the youngsters, but there's always these cocky pricks out that, guys, oh, ran out. And I'm like, mate, how old are you? 19. It's not run out, mate. And it's not... You get to... I got to a point where I was like, I've got to stop talking like this, man, because these are kids, and I was aged once, and now it's 10 years on, and it's like... If I... Like, basically what I'm trying to say is if I... I used to love a fight back in the day. Like, I, I, I love an argument, love a fight. Uh, stupid, 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 trust me. But now it's like... Compared, like, now compared to back then, it's nothing, man. Like, I can see why people do get bored of it. Yeah, um, times times have changed, haven't they? Yeah, um, oh, big time, mate. Pubs, pubs aren't um, the, the cram-packed Friday, Saturday nights mm. that they used to be. Um, things have... T- towns have chilled out a little bit. And obviously, there's still some where they're, they're, they're chock-a-block. You... I, 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 saw some pictures of Leeds the other night and it was just like kicking out time, 10 o'clock. The streets were cram-packed with people. But yeah. generally, if you're looking at your little sort of towns and villages and things, it's not the same. I dread to think what it'll be like after the pandemic, mate. I dread that. God, yeah. I, I wonder how many places will actually last. But I think that that's... That's the same with a lot of businesses at the moment, I think. Yeah. I think, like, like we talk about um, people working from home. So, like, how many offices are not going to be offices anymore? And people are just going to work from home. They're going to have a computer and a, a laptop and a mobile phone, and they're just going to be sat in the living room working nine till five. Do you think you could do that? I don't think I could, but I no. think that a lot of people will be starting, they will be asked, to work that way, I think that companies will realise that 
they're actually saving massive overheads. Yes. No, no electricity, no water, no rent. That's Make it. people work at home. And there's, from, from a mental health point of view, I think there's going to be a massive um, influx in social isolation. I agree. Big, big time. Do you know what? It's really weird because um, well, it's not weird, but to me it was a bit, I don't know the right word, weird or strange. Um, so about uh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago now, um, my nan rang me and I only live across the road from my nan. And um, like she got, she rings me up and says, oh, granddad, uh, a bit of a breakdown and I said what so um my granddad is what 77 78 something like that and uh, he's an ex-para so he's very routine you know he'll walk the dog at a certain time he'll have his breakfast at a certain time and yep. he's never really he's never really how can I say it not just with mental health but with anything he doesn't think about the problems he'll just say look well that's not me I'm hard, you know, I'm not hardcore, but I'm, I'm, you know, I believe in this and this way only. Yeah, he's just going to get on, he's just going to get on with it. Yeah, right. And I'll tell you what, through this, through this phase of the pandemic, right, it's, I've seen a totally different bloke than what I knew from the last, well, for as long as I've known him, which is, what, 30 years. But yeah, I, I always knew a bloke that was uh, very grumpy, but also family man, but he done done what he knows best. And then there's like, earlier on today, man, when I saw him, so very, uh, like very affectionate towards my nan, and just a completely different fucking character. And I thought, do you know what? I wonder how many people have actually turned like this through this time, because I, I know he won't be the only one. So, no, I think the, the, there has been a massive sort of realization of um, how important other people are um, yeah. over this pandemic, and we've started to realize that we can't do it all on our own. Mm. We need other people around us, and we need support and help. And like you said, the the, the elder generation, mm. they they probably need it more than anybody. And to be able to look for support, ask for support, and realize that you need support is just vital. Yeah, De- yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's crazy you say that because when um, when. When I got told this by my nan, um, you know, she she said to me, oh, "I was, you know, I said to I said to you, Granddad, they know our Ben feels, and all of his, a lot of the members from his group feel every single day, like it is a struggle." And yep. I think now it shows, like, it's all right saying you need help, right? And 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 that's a massive achievement to anyone that can that can actually admit that they do need a bit of help and by all means there's no shame in that there's there's that's I mean me not I'm not a professional I wish I was but I'm not I would love it if more people did reach out but I know I mean I, I'm past the stage of all that I'm quite comfortable talking about it now but 
I'm we, well, you know how hard it is to actually say, I need a little bit of help. I'm struggling here. Oh, absolutely. You know, going back four years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, mm. and the thought of going to Andy's Man Club or a peer support group, and mm. um, never crossed my mind. Mm. I, I just did not know what I didn't know what mental health was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as spoken about and as it's, well, we didn't have social media. So it's like, how do you learn about these things? Yeah. And for me now, coming through, um, having spoken very, very honestly for a few years about my mental health, it's the best thing I ever did. Yeah, I agree. And this stigma that surrounds mental health is absolute bollocks because can you say that again it's absolute bollocks <laughs> <laughs> because it is. It is because since, since i started talking the amount of people that have come into my life um because i'm honest and open and transparent and I'm happy within within my own being now yeah. that things just have just got better and better and better, yeah. and that's because I've come out of my shell and I'm I'm not fake anymore. I'm not pretending to be anything that I'm not. If I'm depressed, I'm depressed. If I'm happy, I'm happy. If I'm going cycling, I'm going cycling. If I'm going for a drink, I'm going for a drink. And life is just so much more simple when you don't have to. Be ashamed of struggling. Fucking right. Fucking right. I hear that big time. I mean, I um, I'm, I got diagnosed with anxiety when I was 11. Um, I was in year six at school um, and I missed out a lot of year six because back then, I mean, we're, talk- we're, we're talking, what, 20 years ago, something like that? Yep. Um, like you say, there weren't a, there were there wasn't a Facebook there wasn't there wasn't social media. No, I mean you had like you might have had a MySpace or something like that, but not yeah. Like, it you know it was early, it was early days, wasn't Very it? Very early days. And yeah. Well, actually, firstly, they thought I had asthma, and believe it or not, the the inhalers were actually making me worse. Um, it weren't until I got taken to uh, to see a specialist. Um, and he was um, I can't remember if he is American or Canadian but he was moving back there um, and he said do you know what you've got anxiety you know that that's what this diagnosis is it's anxiety you like you, I was I was um, I was concentrating something happened in the in the, the classroom where it, it sounds stupid now but do you know what I don't give a fuck because it, it happened I, I had to go um to get my eyes tested the day before and being a little kid I was uh, quite excited to wear glasses yep the, the white I was looking at the whiteboard and it looked like it was tipping back uh, into the actual wall itself and I nearly fainted my vision went all squashed and blurred and then I saw the time and then every day for the next few weeks I thought it was going to happen again at that same time and it, it, it fucking freaked me out mate and then <laughs> after that, it was, I was riddled with anxiety. But yeah. at the same time, 
people were like, like other kids were like, why are you off school so much for? Now, for an 11-year-old to explain that to another 11-year-old, you, you, you don't stand a fucking chance. Maybe no, these days you do a little bit, but in my opinion, even nowadays, to a younger generation, they're like, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, stop using anything as an excuse. Whereas, like you say, the stigma is it, total fucking bollocks. You know, it is big time, right? And you know, so for, throughout my whole twenties, I've always suffered, but I've learned to cope my own ways. Now, I, you know, I said to someone the other day, I would find it even stranger now if I didn't have mental health. Absolutely, because I'm so used to it, and like after the after I won in uh, after the family court. I said to my nan, do you know what? I'm going to find it weird because I'm stress-free now. And I'm so used to being worried or anxious over something that it's going to be. And so it took me a while. But it's going back to like all like this stuff going on now with the pandemic and that, someone told me like the there was a... I said, I can't even say the word properly, but I'm going to say stat. There was a stat that in August, the suicide rates were like were higher than the COVID rates, like the death yep. rate. And I'm like, okay, so people are cool to talk about a virus and, you know, the, the killings of it and all that stuff like that. But what about us? Yeah, we, yeah, we, we see um, wear a mask be a meter be two meters apart from each other and protect yourself against covid and it that's fine to talk about that it's it's normal we see memes we see posts we see boris johnson and matt hancock and politicians talking about stay safe stay safe and and everything and yet suicide rates and the mental health statistics mm-hmm. are skyrocketing, and yet we've we've stopped talking about it. Yeah, it's it, it's only mental health awareness days or suicide prevention days, uh, like two or three times a year that it becomes mainstream, and we get as footballers or rugby players or pop stars and Prince William and Harry talking about it, but actually. Mental health is here every single day. Every single fucking day. Absolutely, every single day. And whilst I feel quite content within my own life at the moment, I know that from 17 to 37, I struggled massively. And I didn't know what it was, and I didn't know how to deal with it, and I couldn't talk about it because I felt ashamed, and I struggled, and... Yeah, like we say, COVID. Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. deal with it. Let's let's prevent it. Let's stop it from spreading. And yet, mental health is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's it angers me. It really does. It, it does with me. Um, and with my groups. I just see it every single day. Yeah. I see people that are struggling, they're dying inside mm-hmm. and 
it's <laughs> our group's called it's worth talking about and mental health absolutely is worth talking about Fucking right. and we, we we just need to talk more it's it's a really simple concept yeah i mean you f- feel free to talk about your group man big it up or whatever man i'm, I'm not gonna get funny about it you you, do, <laughs> you know what i mean like i know some groups do we are open as fuck like it's mental health we're all trying to help each other right absolutely yeah it's and the the more we talk about it as we are doing now mm. hopefully the the more it becomes natural i i I kept getting called. I did a video for BBC, okay. and I was called like really brave for talking about it. I don't want to be called brave because brave is a barrier towards mm-hmm. talking, and it sort of says if you don't talk about it that you're a coward, and that's wrong. Very because talking about mental health should just be normal. Yeah, it should just be part of your day. It should just be like. What have you had for breakfast? How's your day going? Which football team do you support? How did your football team get on? How did your rugby team get on? What have you done? It should just be part of normal conversation. Yeah, and that... I know you're, one of your big focuses, and mine as well, is men's mental health. Yeah. Um, so... If men do listen to this, talk up, man. You know, speak. You yeah. Know, don't don't feel ashamed about it. But I, I wouldn't even say, I wouldn't even just say and limit that to no, men. No, God, no. Of course not. Because, because women have their own problems as well. They're, oh, they're very different. And whilst the, the statistics show that men commit suicide, not commit, because that's the wrong word. Uh, die from suicide more often. Mm. Statistics show that more women suffer from mental health Absolutely. than men. Um, it's just that men die from mental health more frequently. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think there's a lot of bravado around um, male suicide. And men are sort of like, <sighs> Sort of like I'll fucking show you, um, and this is like, it's it's like a massive statement of intent for men, where women are a lot more quiet and subdued, and they sort of do just get on with things. Yeah, where where men will just crash and burn within an instant. Yeah, yeah, uh, without doubt, I think. Especially, especially, I don't know what it's like around there, but the, the sense that I get is suck it up and just get on with it. Man up. Man the fucker. And it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you, do, do, do you ever. You know, at, you know, at night, do you ever sit in the fucking in the bedroom or in in the hallway, just fucking crying because you were so scared of what you know you, uh, of anything? Yeah, I yeah, I don't anymore. 
No, but, I, I don't. But, but yeah, but, but I remember the days, and with you, you sort of touched on it a little bit with family court. Um, I'm going through family court still three years on, and three years ago when it started, mm-hmm. I was devastated. I was absolutely torn to shreds. Um, my, my life got turned upside down and I got my little boy taken away from me and I've not really seen him for three years. And when you get told that you're a crap dad and you're not worthy of being a dad and your son or your child or your daughter is not going to be part of your life because you're not worthy, all of a sudden you sort of feel, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm shit and life's not worth living. And you agree with what you're being told. It's like getting brainwashed, isn't it? It is. And it's um yeah, you get convinced that what other people say are saying, or that one person or that other side is saying is true. And you become, you feel worthless and you do, you sit in the hallway or in bed and you don't get up in the morning. Everything just becomes pointless, which actually is not true because you are a dad, you are a mum, you are a parent and these, your children are worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah, they're not something to lie down and die about. No, no. I mean, mine went on for about two years. Yeah. And obviously, you know, it is. I can't really go into detail with with the actual things or, or I would get in trouble. But all I will say is I did win. Um, but fuck me. The, the, the stress, the anxiety, the, the, the sitting in the court and trying to... Defend yourself. Yeah, and just trying to be like, do you know what? Like, every time I've got my son, he's always laughing and joking, but it's like to other people, it's like, I've got to prove myself. Like, I've got to prove to them that, oh, I can look after him. You know, not once has he been in danger of me or whatever, and... I don't know what the courts are like around there. I know they're different all, all over the UK. But for for the result that I got, yeah, I know it. it's, it's going to change at some point because of my work life. Um, but I can see why it affects so many. And I can, you know, I can see why so many fathers do decide to end it. Yeah, I can. The, the fucking pain, mate. I mean... I you don't know what it's like until you become a dad. I mean, that that's the pure love of being a dad and the child, the bond between you and the child. Like, I I don't care who it is in front of you. If I've got to defend my child, believe me, I'm willing to die for my child. But the pain of actually trying to defend yourself against the mum who knows you're a decent dad. All right, you might have your arguments, but. I mean, each situation is different. No, I don't know what Absolute, you've been yeah. through, but you know what yeah. I mean. Like, once, once upon a time, that your partner and other people's partners, you were close enough and in love enough to have a child. Yeah, generally. Yeah. Um, 
obviously some children uh, accidents and just stuff happens but generally you're in a relationship and a child is born through love and for that relationship to become so toxic and evil and hurtful um, and argumentative is it's a really tough thing to deal with especially when you're not having that contact with that person that your your own flesh and blood mm-hmm. that and that's all you ever wanted that's all uh, when you when you become a dad or a parent a mum all you want to do is do the best for your children yeah absolutely it, it becomes it becomes key it becomes ingrained into who you are yeah and you just want to be the best that you can for them yeah definitely i mean and I don't know about you, but I got. Um, I mean, I could talk about this bit now because it's fucking done, and I I, I made it through. And do you know what? It, I found so many dads get it put on them. Like, I got a non molestation order put on me. Okay. And um, that I got served with my little boy in my arms, and that's <sighs> that's what fucking hurt me the most. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it just I felt. I felt like I was stripped naked, and yeah. just like ego, and I, so I I could not communicate. And the fear of, I mean, in a way, they done me a favour because I didn't have to talk, and my little boy's only two years old. But it's like any problems it's got to go through my auntie, and then to her mum, and then to her. So yeah, it, but it's just run out, and I. It, I know the idea of it all. They wanted me to fuck up so I'd get arrested and go to prison. And then... Yep. That, that, I, I don't care what anyone else says. I mean, everyone's got their own situations and stories, but that was... I know that's what it was all about. I mean... It, yep. It's it's just one of them things where it's like... Put, put, really? put you in a position where you're ready to fail. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, like, not once has my child been in danger with me. Not once, and but again, that fucked my mental health up. But again, like, there. Do you know what? I was thinking about this the other night. There may be dads out there in the same situation where they want to come forward with their mental health, but then if they do, then the ex partner will say something to someone, and then they'll use they'll they'll use it as a tool, yeah. and as as a weapon, yeah. as another bullet. Yeah. Um to to put that nail in the coffin. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. And there's there's the and the family court system as I've gone through, you've got to provide your medical records. <coughs> and if you've been depressed or if you've attempted suicide, which I have done more times than I can remember. Me too, me too, mama. And that all goes against you. Yeah. So whilst we're saying it's okay to talk and it's worth talking about and mental health stigma should be erased. When it comes to certain situations, I completely understand why people don't talk about it yeah. because it gets used against them. Absolutely. Uh, and you see it, you see, you, you see it on Facebook, like sort of a week, there was a post of a, just a young dad, maybe late, early thirties, something like that, late twenties, early thirties. 
and lost in the family court and had about 12, 12 pounds to his name or something. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that finished him off. Yeah. And, and you, well, yeah. You know what? Well, I get why blokes are in the situation and won't come forward. I, 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 big time. Yeah. Well, yeah, a relationship breaks up. Nine times out of ten, the man moves out. Nine times out of ten, the mother takes the child. Nine times out of ten, the guy has to pay for a solicitor and to action family court. Um, And you've got new house costs, you've got solicitor costs, you've got court costs you're trying to get on with your own life mm. and yet generally you're sort of alone because you don't have that family environment that you used to have mm-hmm. and not always because some men move on to new relationships but it just tends to be a fight and it's always um they're always they're always trying to sort of justified themselves mm-hmm. and their actions of whether it be mental health, whether it be a new relationship or whether it just be that they've fallen out of love with mm. their ex-partner and family court doesn't make it easy. No, no. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, I, I know it's different in every single county. Um, Northamptonshire, it, that, for me, it was... Although I had to fight hard and spend a lot of money, um, it it went to the final hearing. Um, they skipped the middle bit, um, but it was. It, I, I know there are a lot of blokes out there that don't get the result that they want. I mean, not. I, I, I don't mean result. I mean a fair. You know. Yeah, let's be honest. Ninety nine percent of the time, the mum will always be the first carer, and yes, I, I get that. That's I understand that, right? And I never went to court thinking I'm going to be first. I, I always knew, do you know what? I'm going to be happy if I see him. Blah blah blah. Then blah blah blah. Yep, fifty, sixty, seventy percent of the week. Yeah, um, but the fact that I knew that. I, well, the fact that I know there are dads out there that, like like yourself, don't get even to see their kid. Yep. Mate, I, I feel for you, but at the, same, at the same time, all I will say to you is this, you just got to keep fighting. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And there's, there's, I, there's I, not... I understand it's hard, but, like, the more you fight, the stronger you do become. And you will be rewarded with that. With you know, you'll you know one one day, one day the kid is going to ask. My kid's well, going to ask me what's happened. Yeah, the the way that I see it is, at the start it was a fight, mm-hmm. and it was I was angry, I was bitter, I was yep. hurt, and um, and three years on now, I'm not angry, I'm not hurt, I'm not bitter, I'm going through a process. And at the end of that process, I hope that I'll get an outcome that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And my son will know, and he will find out what it's all about. 
and it's don't call it a fight because whilst it is and it can be you've just got to go through that process yeah. you've just got to get to the end of it as calmly and as rationally as you can do so that the child gets the outcome that he or she deserves because in the end it's not about the mum or the dad it is about the child isn't it 100 100 definitely and I mean to any bloke that is going through it right now all I will say is keep your cool for fuck's sake yep and 100% yeah that's the main thing man keep your fucking cool Um, and also use air games by writing little notes down keep a diary you know, I did that and it helps, but just keep your fucking cool. And you you still are allowed to enjoy your life, even though you are going through this. Yes. Know? Yeah. And that's that's like um, a really, really good point in that in the three years that I've not seen my child, mm-hmm. I've cycled around Britain. I've cycled across Europe. I've cycled around Britain again. I've done Land's End to John O'Groats. I've met so many amazing people. I've set up a mental health charity. Um, and you can do so much good from the hurt and the negative aspects that you're realising. Yeah. Um, peer support and mental health and talking about mental health comes through experience Absolutely. And you can use this experience, men, women, people that are being alienated from their children, you can help others from this. Um, It doesn't have to be a negative. It can be flipped on its head to become a really positive aspect of your life. Yeah, big time. Big time, man. I mean, once people accept that, then they're on to the positive and my you know, in my eyes. Um before I wrap it up, man, you got you wanna say anything to people out there that are suffering? Um be yourself. Yeah. I think that that's the best advice I can give to anybody is just and you might not always know who you are, but when you do know who you are, be that person. Just be whatever makes you happy. And I think that that's just being content within yourself is the way to find. Um, I don't want to, I don't like being spiritual or anything like that, but that having inner peace mm-hmm. is is just key. Um, don't let don't let don't let life grind you down. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it, so, what's your group called again? Uh, so we have um, eight peer support groups in West Yorkshire, and it's called It's Worth Talking About. Big up to one of people, man. Big up. You know, it's not easy, but no, you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's uh, as much as I'm not a professional, I'm doing, you know, we're, we're doing our part. Well, I sort of think that if you treat somebody like they're a textbook, then they'll behave like a textbook. And people are humans, so they need to be treated like humans by humans. 
um, and having previous experience and being able to talk about that experience honestly and openly is what will help other people. Definitely. So don't worry about not being a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a mental health first aider. Just talk about your experience honestly and openly and other people will resonate with that. I'll take that advice on board, man. Thank you. Well, my man, it's been a pleasure. You too, Ben. Thank you for being my first little guest. <laughs> no, no worries, man. I was it's nervous been as fuck, man, but do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about this, man. Um, share a- absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, we'll do I it will again do. sometime, man. Yeah, we'll catch up again soon. All right, buddy. Well, you take care of yourself, man. Have a good night. Yeah, take care, man. All right, ta-da, mate. Ta-da. Bye.